This is Parsha Panorama, and this week's Parshios are Achremos and Kedoshim, two packed Parshios, to say the least. And to say the most, we'll do that right now. We have a lot to talk about, and Bezrat Hashem, we'll get to every basic topic in the Parsha. Um, when it comes to Achremos and Kedoshim, one thing I wanted to focus on is the connection between these double Parshios, because not all Parshios have the opportunity of ever being doubled. Tazria and Mitzora last week were doubled, and we can understand the connection between that double parsha when Vayakhel and Pekude are doubled. We can understand it. Vayakhel and Pekude both talk about the Mishkan. Tazria and Mitzora both talk, talk about Tama and Tahara. And this is a discussion that you have to have with every double parsha. So whenever parshios are doubled for whatever reason, um, for calendaric-related reasons, so we have uh, double partios. It's important to understand the connection because understanding the connection between the two partios will help us understand each parsha individually much better, and it'll help us understand both of these partios' place on the Torah map, which is one of our constant goals in Parsha Panorama. So just another prism through which to see these two partios is the connection they have to one another, the comparison and the contrast, as we'll get to it, Bez Rosh Hashem. And of course, also, we have to address how we got to Achremos, right? Because you'll recall, we made a, a reference to this. We know that Achremos is talking about right after the deaths of Nadav and Avihu, the two eldest sons of Aharon. And of course, um, for that discussion, we know that the, the deaths of Aharon's sons took place in Parsha Shemini. And then we had a, um, um, you know, we had a digression, um, or at least what looks like a digression, of Tazria and Mitzora. Only now we're coming back to the deaths of Aaron's sons. So what exactly is the place of Achremos in that conversation, and why exactly did we have that digression? So we've already started answering that question, but we're going to return to it um, in a short while. And then the other big challenge of the day is understanding... Um, all of the different law topics in Parshas Kedoshim. We have what I often refer to, and I did this for Parshas Mishpatim, we have a miscellaneous mitzvah mishka babble, right? At least that's what it looks like until you find some way to break it down and figure out the, the, the rhyme and the reason, the methodology to understanding the different mitzvos and what, what each, um, you know, uh, what's the progression of all the mitzvos? Is there, is there a structure? Is there an order? So as we saw in Parshas Mishpatim, we were able to decipher an order. So we're going to do the same thing here in Kedoshim Be'ezra Hashem. And if you don't know what I mean, you can go back and listen to the Mishpatim shir for Parsha Panorama. Um, but um, you don't have to do that right now because right now you can listen to this one where we're going to do a very similar thing. So we'll get to all of that after we first thank our sponsors. First, Lili Nishmas, Shmuel Menachem and Ari Leib, and Leib Bas Avram, who's in Shemeshav and Aliyah. Thank you to Anonymous. And thank you to Yona and Chani Laster for your, your second time sponsoring. Anyone else who wants to sponsor, reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com. Okay, so again, we have a lot to talk about. So um, what, we're, what I'm going to actually do is we're going to break down... Achremos first. Um, naturally, we're going to stay in order, and then we'll go to Kedoshim. And when it comes to Kedoshim, I'm going to save the, um, you know, where we're, um, normally what we do is I go through all the components of the Parsha. So for Achremos, we can do that first. But for Kedoshim, we're not going to go through all the components. We're going to talk about the, when we get up to Kedoshim, we'll talk about the broader aspect of Kedoshim first, because it's just going to take way too long if we go through all the components of the Parsha. That'll be the crux 
of the Kedoshim portion of this shear. So we'll, we'll keep it, um, so for Achremos, we'll go through the broader topics, we'll talk about what they're doing, what they have to do with each other, and um, we'll address all the Parsha panoramic questions that we uh, tend to address here. And then when we get to Kedoshim, we'll talk broadly about Kedoshim, and then we'll go into the specifics of the Parsha. Okay, sounds good? Awesome. So... Uh, I don't have anyone answering me, but that, that's totally fine because now it's my show and we run things my way. Okay, all of that said, we were wondering about um, the digression. Before we even get into the Chumash and the components of Achremos, we just have the, the, the question of the digression that we had taken. So in earlier Parsha Panoramas, we've already begun discussing how Tuma and, Tah- and Tahara was really an extension of the conversation of the deaths of Nadav and Avihu. Whether they were Tame themselves, that doesn't seem to be what's brought down. But we did have an introduction about Chukim and the mitzvahs that we understand, the mitzvahs that we don't understand in the passage about Aaron um, um, not being allowed to drink or no one being allowed to drink when they go into the Ohel Moed, into the Mishkan to do an Avoda. And then from there, the Chumash told us, and this is going to help differentiate between Kodesh and Chol and between Tuma and Tahara. This is important because these are apparently the two fundamental things. These are the two fundamental requirements for entering before Hashem to do an avoda. Um, what are they? They are apparently Kedusha and Tahara. Now, normally when we recite those two words together, that's the order we say it in. Right? Like in our davening, we say Bikedusha over Tahara. Um, that in holiness and purity. But apparently the order... Um, um, as we see it in our Parsha, was Tahara and then Kedusha. So that's just something to think about. I think in Mesias Yisharim, that's also the order, um, that Tahara comes before Kedusha, not the other way around. Um, I could be wrong, and someone can reach out to me if I made a mistake on that, but I believe in Mesias Yisharim, the phase and trait of Tahara comes first. But where, what exactly is this all about? So we had already mentioned that Nadav and Avihu, um, they, they, they failed in what is the whole goal of Sefer Vayikra, which is Vayikra is all about how to approach Hashem, right? And we're going to, and we're going to come, we're going to keep on coming back to this theme, how to approach Hashem. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu, we said, was on the outside looking in of the Mishkan. And Hashem called him in, and that's when Moshe finally went in. And Hashem said, here are the laws of Karbonos. You want to learn to approach me. Here's the way to do it. You do it in Avodas Hashem. You do it with Ratzon Hashem. You do it, yes, with Rachman Aliba Bayi, with, with your heart and your passion. But of course, you need the framework, the framework of Ratzon Hashem. You, you need it to be the way that Hashem delineates. So all of this is fine. And this is, um, you know, this is the challenge of mankind in all generations, how to engage in a relationship with Hashem. That's always the challenge. And Hashem um, says that once we, you know, once we are uh, back on our pedestal, we've, um, we've been restored to our former glory, the Shekhinah is among us now, we have the Mishkan. So now the question is, what do we do with it? How do we, how do we keep the momentum going and not mess up like Nadav and Avihu did? And this is how we get to Parshas Achremos. Um, so we get to Parshas Achremos. So let's talk about some of the, um, the components, um, the components of Achremos. So one thing I'll mention is that, um, that once again, we said that we're looking at Tahara and Kedusha. These are the two goals when it comes to approaching Hashem. So with that in mind, you'll notice that 
which we said earlier, right, well, we started in Shmini already talking about Tilman Tahara. We started with Kashras, which is related to the conversation of Tilman Tahara. We spoke about Shratzim. And then in Tazria Mitzara, we spoke about all the, tzir, um, all the aspects of Tilman Tahara as they relate to the human body, the living human body. And if you notice, this we did not say last week, but at the very end of, of, uh, the very end of, Harshas Mitzorah, if you look in Maftir, the Pasuk says, and you should admonish and warn the Ben Yisrael from their Tumah. Listen to this, this is the important line. And they should not die in their Tumah by, um, um, by being impure in my Mishkan or bringing impurity into the Mishkan or impurifying, contaminating my Mishkan that is in their midst. All right, that's the, that's the third to last Pasuk in the Parsha which is telling us that the whole reason for the conversation about Tumah and Tahara is really the main focus is in this conversation about approaching Hashem, right? He literally talks about contaminating the Mishkan, right? Which will, which will be one way to ruin the service. So now in Achremos, Achremos, as we're going to see, begins the focus on Kedusha. And we're going to see that this is, Kedusha is going to be the theme that ties Achrimos and Kedoshim together. Because as we get into the components of um, Achrimos and Kedoshim, the truth is before we mention the components, I'll, I'll throw out some connections that are very clear at the outset. We're going to see that Achrimos um, obviously talks about um, the Avodos Yom Kippurim, which is the height of Kedusha in the Kodesh HaKedoshim with the Kohen Gadol, the holiest human in the world, the holiest location, and the holiest time of the year, all these things coming together. So that's obviously all about Kedusha and the sensitivity to Kedusha. But we're going to see that Parshas Kedoshim also has some of these holiness themes. And some of the, and obviously the name Kedoshim to you, which means you shall be holy, obviously speaks to that. But we're going to see even more. So another connection that they have is both Parshios um, have the list of the Arayos, right? the Azharos, for the, the warnings for the illicit relationships are in Achremos, and in Kedoshim we have the penalties for those Averos. Um, Oven Yedoni are mentioned in both Parshios, the Isser of Molech, Mishkav Zachar, uh, Mishkav Behema, all of these things make it into both Parshios. So there are a lot, there's a lot of crossover, talking about how Eretz Yisrael vomited out the nations that committed the abominable acts. We find that in both Parshios. So we see there's a lot that connects Achremos and Kedoshim. So it makes you wonder, what, where, where does Kedoshim depart from Achremos? So that's going to be a very important aspect of this shear, because Kedoshim is actually contributing something really important. Kedoshim is an incredible modifier, as we're going to see, to Achremos. So if, let's focus on Achremos now. Let's talk about the components of Achremos. So when we're looking at Achremos, what I'm going to say is that there are two major aspects to Achremos, two major uh, components. Um, I'm going to split it into four. The first part of Achremos is the Avodas Yom Kippurim. Right? Hashem is teaching us um, the, the proper way to approach Hashem, here's the way Aaron can come in, not the way Nadav and Avihu did, but with, according to the rules of, of the Avodos Yom Kippurim, the entire procedure, everything we know about from, from the actual Kriya from Yom Kippur, we have that aspect. Section two, we have what I refer to as the Shechita leftovers, the leftovers in terms of the laws about slaughtering an animal. So the meaning, there are a bunch of laws that we were taught in Parshas Tzav, 
Now we're getting to, we're actually going to repeat a couple of them, or at least one of them, but we have in the Shechita leftovers, we have Shechute Chutz, that it's, it's an Isser to slaughter outside the temple courtyard for a Karban. We have Achivas Dam, you can't eat blood. Kiswe Hadam, covering the blood of the animal. The, and the laws of Tumas Nevelo, Tumas Trefa, the impurity that's associated with a carcass of an animal that, 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 that was fallen not due to shechita or a trefa, an animal that had some kind of um, lethal um, injury that it couldn't, you know, wouldn't be able to live out the year. We had a trefa. So anything like that, these are all the shechita leftovers. Now, these can easily be seen as components of the Yom Kippur service just because the Yom Kippur service talks about all the carbon-related items. So we have that. this is all the first portion, or you could say the first two portions of, of Achremos is the the aspects of the Avodos Yom Kippurim and all the things connected to shechita. The whole second half of Achremos is really the arayos. We have the, um, I have three, uh, so I have two more sections here. Number one is really the intro to the arayos. Hashem says, don't, don't copy that, that which was done in Canaan, and that, so that which was done in Mitzrayim, and that which was done in Canaan. I think the order here um, is um, first with Canaan. Don't copy Canaan, don't mimic Mitzrayim. If you like the alliteration, then great, go with it. Um, but yeah, don't copy Canaan, don't mimic Mitzrayim, Chukos Akum, don't copy their statutes. That's the intro to the Arayos. And then we have all of the Arayos. And among them, the Chumash talks about the Krovim, the different relatives you can't be with, talks about Nida. It's actually Machlokas, Rambam, Rabbeinu Tam, not really for now, um, if Nida is considered one of the Arayos or just has crossover Halachos with the Arayos. Is it just an Isser Tuma or is it an Isser Erva? Um, a bunch of Nafkaminos. Again, not for now. Um, we have Ashes Ish in this section and so on and so forth. Then, with the Arayos, um, um, the truth is, I, um, I I made this in my um, in my notes on this on, on this parsha. I have a, um, a, um, a section five and six. So number five is the other forbidden quote unquote relationships, or we're at that which I refer to as seed destruction. We have molech, then mishkav zachor, then mishkav behema. So it's interesting that molech intersects. Uh, Mishkav Zachor, Mishkav Behema from the other Arayos. Right, we have Arayos, then we have Molech, then we have Mishkav Zachor and Mishkav Behema. Right, um, um, so Molech is the Avodah Zara, where um, different opinions about how it works. Uh, do you kill your children? Do you not kill your children? But you put them through a fire. Um, and, um, and then we have Mishkav Zachor, um, which is effectively wasting your seed and, um, and engaging in, in a homosexual relationship. Um, Mishkav Behema is the same thing with an animal. Whether you're the receiving party, whether you're the active party, doesn't make a difference. Both are usher um, and um, and chayiv, um, but these are separate. Now, why are you know um, are these part of the original set of arayos? Are they separate? Why is molech stuck in between? Is molech part of the set? And so I think, that in a sense, the Torah might be trying to tell us that yes, these are part of the set, but they're slightly different. Um, the, but the, the main aspect of this iser here of molech mishkazach mishkav behema could be, besides for the abominable nature of them of these deeds, but also they all involve the concept of destroying your seed. Right? Um, there's no um, even even mamzeris you don't create here just because you don't even create a human life. Um, the other, you know, the arayos, um, you know, which create mamzeris. So that's another form of destroying your progeny. But it's not physically destroying your progeny. And in section six, we have a summary warning: don't become contaminated. The land will vomit you out, just like it did to your, the prior inhabitants. 
Now, before we move on to Kedoshim, I think it's important that we drop the anchor here to ask this question. What do the Arayos have to do with um, the Avodos Yom HaKippur and why are we talking about these things? Like, what exactly is Achremos about? What, and uh, this is a question that you have to ask, especially on Yom Kippur, because this is, Achremos makes up the entire Kriya Torah of Yom Kippur. The first half of Achremos is the Kriya Torah of Rishachas, and the second half is the Kriya Torah from Mincha. Right, we learn about the Arayos at Minchatan. It makes you wonder, like, what exactly is the point? Why, why do we have that? Why is it in the Parsha to begin with? So all of this is going to speak to the issue that we started with, and that is how to approach Hashem. What do I mean? So, believe it or not, the, when we talk about approaching Hashem, this um, aligns with the theme of intimacy, or sometimes referred to in, um, in Torah terms as Bia. An arrival, coming in, right? That's the that's the word used for for um, re, um, a marital relationship. Bezos yavo Aaron, and this is how Aaron shall literally come in and go into the inner sanctum of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as it were, or not just as it were, but that that is the inner sanctum. Think about Nadav and Avihu. They went in and they went in, but they went in and they were not called. And going in when you're not called is a form of molestation. It's a form of of, of um, it's a crime. It's 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 a it's an, it's a crime in the realm of intimacy. And the, the the point is, approaching Hashem. Approaching Hashem means it has to be done the right way. It has to be done bekedusha ubetahara, right? So, for example, nida is off limits. Right. The whole point of the parsha is to understand the appropriate way to engage in that kadoshtik relationship. And not only do you have um, some bios arrivals that are inappropriate, but sometimes you have things. Um, it, it's meaning that there's a, there's a dual aspect. Notice how in Parshas Achrimos, at the, in the Avodah of Yom Kippur, um, at, at the end, the Chumash talks about not slaughtering karbanos to the demons. A very weird thing. It says, don't slaughter an animal. You know, outside of the, you know, if, uh, if let's say you want to bring a karban and you want to consecrate it, but you slaughter the animal and you do it outside the the, the azara, shchutechutz. So. That is considered an act of bloodshed by the Torah because it's, quote-unquote, I'm going to use this Lashon, it's out of wedlock. It's not done in a Kadoshtika way. The only allowance to kill the animal in the, in the realm of a carbon is to do it in the appropriate way, the right place. Right? So that can, you know, that it's, in a sense, it's like wasting the seed. And, this, and so you can, you can either have an illicit relationship with the wrong person, the wrong context, or you can have an illicit relationship where you're committing the intimate act, but you're doing it outside, right? Like killing the seed. Um, the the the, the Chazal have a term of dash mibifnim, and then you're being motzi chutz, right? Like Aaron Onan. So with Nadav and Avihu, Lahavdil, but also Lamashal, we have a similar concept, right? So Nadav and Avihu's problem was they went in and they weren't supposed to. But Shchut Chutz is committing the crime on the outside. When we get to the Arayos, we find this, this dichotomy also, right? All the Arayos are arrivals. They are bios that are inappropriate. These are, these are infringing on the Kiddushin aspect, Right, we call it kedushin when the marital relationship is done correctly. That's called kedushin. It's holiness. It's designated. It's it's proper. It's sanctified. It's sacred. Done the wrong way, it's a, it's it's gilei arayos. 
done the wrong way, it's one of the most abominable things. And so in, in, in the model of all the arayos, we have the inappropriate bios, the, appro- the inappropriate arrivals, the inappropriate coming in, but with um, maybe perhaps with molech and with mishkav zachar, mishkav behema, maybe have that other aspect, that other construct, the doing it on the outside in the wrong way, right? Killing off the seed, committing an abominable act that does not have a religiously redeeming quality to it. So, you know, that, that could speak to the whole aspect of that approaching Hashem, just like a marital relationship, they're both Kodesh HaKadashim. Right, Shir Hashirim, right? Rabbi Kiva was known for saying Shir Hashirim was Kodesh HaKadashim. So, then there's so much more to be said on this Indian, but the point is that this is um, the sensitive nature of of approaching Hashem, the Bezosi of Aaron. Now, now, now that we see this understanding, where does Kedoshim come in? All right, so we, we, we spoke about the intimacy of the relationship between us and Hashem and how that's reflected in intimacy with, with people and how not, you know, not the, we don't believe in no holds barred when it comes to relationships. Um, we don't do like Kena'an and like Mitzrayim. What we do is... It's, it's, um, it's designated, it's done with a particular design, it's done with what the Ratzon Hashem is, because we hold our marital relationships sacred, and in the same vein, we should hold our sacred relationship with Hashem as a marital relationship, and therefore it's very sensitive, everything has to be done the right way. Now, that, that said, when we move over to Kedoshim, as we, as we start moving over to Kedoshim, we want to understand, we mentioned a bunch of things that Achrimos and Kedoshim have in common. Both list the Arayos, both talk about the land vomiting out its inhabitants, both talk about um, um, Ovin Yedoni and a bunch of um, things that you shouldn't copy, um, different, um, different practices. I, th- I think Ovin Yedoni comes up in Achrimos. Um, the truth is, I don't think it does, actually. A Molech comes up in both Parshios, though. So different practices that come up in both Parshios. So the differences, let's talk about the differences between Achrimos and Kedoshim. Achrimos, for example, has the Avodos Yom HaKippur, and we don't find any, any reference to that in Kedoshim. Maybe the words umikdashi tirau, that you should revere my mikdash. Maybe we have that. But other than that, we don't really have any connection to Avodos Yom HaKippurim. And something that we have in Kedoshim that we don't have in Achrimos is just a whole bunch of mitzvos. We're going to see them. We're going to see every single one. But we have Lifnei Iver. We have Yehav Tlarecha Kamoch. We have Lo Selech Rach We have We have a bunch of business-related laws. We have a bunch of uh, societal laws. We have some religious laws, some carbon-related laws that we didn't see in Achrimos. Um, we, ta- we talk about Shabbos. So Kedoshim has a whole slew of mitzvos. Even though there is some overlap between Kedoshim and Achrimos, there's a bunch of new things that we didn't see before. So what's the dividing line between Achremos and Kedoshim? So the, the answer is, Achremos, as we, we started to understand, Achremos focuses on Kedusha, but specifically Kedushas HaMakom. There's a special higher order of Kedusha, and it's in the sensitivity of the Kedusha of specifically the location. So holy places, that's Achremos. Which holy places? We have Erez Yisrael, we have the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we have the Mishkan, the Beis HaMikdash, that's the holiest place. And we talk about when it comes up Avodos Yom HaKippurim, it's all about how to approach Hashem in His holy place. And when we talk about which things you should not copy, we say Kemasa Kenan and Maisa Eretz Mitzrayim, meaning the 
for, we have a similar command in Kedoshim that says not to copy the nations, but only in Achremos do we focus on the place. The place that is Canaan, the place that is Mitzrayim, don't copy that. But in Yerushalayim, we have the Mikdash, that's where holiness happens. Now, in Kedoshim, there's a reference to the land vomiting out its inhabitants, um, you know, those who did abominable acts. But that same expression of vomiting out its inhabitants in Achremos appears no fewer than three times. The sensitivity that comes with Kedush HaSaretz, it almost, the, the, the land it, like has a personality almost. Um, and it's because of the holiness, the sensitivity of the place. But Achremos is about Kedushas HaMakom. If that's the case, what is Parshas Kedoshim about? Hashem says to all of Klai Yisrael, Kol Das Bnei Yisrael, Kedoshim Tihiyu, you shall be holy. Right, so that means that if, if Achremos tells us that the land vomits out people who commit the Arayos, Kedoshim tells us that you shall vomit upon, upon hearing those things. You shall ha- want to do something about it. You shall be a person who's holy. It's the spillover effect from Achremos into Kedoshim, which says that, yes, Hashem is sensitive and there are holy places that are sensitive, but I have to train myself to also be sensitive to these things. I have to become a person who is a vessel of holiness. In my, in, in my own right. And this, I think, would explain the difference between the passages of the Arayos in Achremos and Kedoshim. Right? Because in Achremos, we have the Azhara. You know, a matter of fact, don't, you know, um, you know don't, don't do it. The land will vomit you out. But in Kedoshim, what does Kedoshim charge us to do? The penalties. That we have to do something as a Beisden. We have to administer a response to the Arayos. Because Kedoshim is how it affects us as people. Atem, right, Kedoshim Tihiu, you shall be holy. You have to respond to this. Holiness is not something that's reserved for the Mishkan, for the Mikdash, for just the Kohen Gadol and just on Yom Kippur. But Kedoshim Tihiu says that it's an everyday thing. And it's an every person thing. It's an every, it's a, it's, it's an everywhere thing. That's Kedoshim Tihiu. A bunch of different pshatim in Kedoshim to you, right? The Rashbam talks about how Kedoshim to you is a reference to the mitzvos. So many mitzvos that appear in Parshas Kedoshim, right? And it makes sense, right? Um, I was I was just um, I was sharing this idea to a bunch of boys in the community, um, you know, the, as a Torah learning program, that every single time we do a mitzvah, we say the words when we make the birchas a mitzvah, Asher Kedoshanu b'mitzvosav. How did Hashem sanctify us? Among, you know, more than you know than the goyim who only have seven mitzvos. Hashem sanctified us. Asher kedushanu b'mitzvosav. So we have a bunch of mitzvos in Parshas Kedoshim. Mitzvos are the way that we become holy. The way that we sanctify ourselves. Right, so that's one aspect. The Ramban has a very different understanding of Kedoshim to you because according to the Ramban, Kedoshim to you is saying, "Don't be a neville bearer just a Torah, but kaddish Right, based on the Gemara, based on the Midrash, um, the, Ram, the Ramban didn't make this up, but the concept of even things that are mutter to you, you should be Kaddish. Rashi talks about the connection between Kaddish and Tihiyu and the Arayos, that whenever you have a precious abstinence from Arayos, any or really any time you have precious at all, Hirsch talks about this as well, that, that this is an intro to Kedusha. By separating yourself from things that are inappropriate and illicit and immoral, so then you are on your way to the, to the world of Kedusha. One more source that I want to share with you, because really, from the Parsha panoramic view, it's beautiful, is the Svarno. Listen to, what, listen to what the Svarno says, and this will be our introduction, our final introduction point to Kedoshim. 
So the Israel the Kadshem Lechayolam. Just um, so after resting his Shechina in Israel to sanctify. Um, so sorry, um, after after um, resting his Shechina in Israel. So in order to make them holy Lechayolam forever. Back in Parshas Yisrael, he says, you're going to be a holy nation to me. And also Hashem said this. Right, so he first talks about here, about separating us from the Ma'achalos Asuros. Right, that, that was all when we were speaking about um, the, the dietary laws in, in Shemini. And from the Tumos, Right, all the things that we spoke about in Tazria Metzora, Tumas Zava, Tumas Chatam, Kaamru Mikol Chatasechem Lefnei Ashanti Taru. Right, that's in Achrimos. I'm going to purify you from all of your sins. Umuchayovas, Umechabaras Hashedim, Veruach Hatama, Tumas Arayos, Kaamru Altitamu. So then we had the Arayos in Achrimos. Bechol Ela with all these things, Amar the, all of these things, all of the intro from Shmini all the way until here, says the Svarno, was all for the point of reaching this climax of Kedoshim Tihiyu. That the Kedoshim Tihiyu says, once you've separated yourselves from all these disgusting things that you shouldn't be involved in, now we reach higher. Kedoshim to you says, now I'm going to try to be even holier. Kedoshim to you is the step above not being Tame anymore. Hashem said that, that man was going to be on a higher plateau. Um, um, that you have to try to emulate Hashem. As, as much as you possibly can to emulate Hashem. So we, we, so we spoke about the, the first Luach, a bunch of mitzvahs so you'll see in Kedoshim. There's a lot of crossover between the Luchos, the Aser Sedebros and Kedoshim. And then he continues with, um, he says, and then we go on to talk about Kibbutz Avayim, which also appeared in the Esarsidibros. So now the, the Svarno tying everything for us together beautifully. With that, we move into Parshas Kedoshim. So we understand why we're talking about the mitzvos. Um, we understand that Kedoshim is about us being holy, not just um, there being holiness in Makom, but holiness in, in, in the people. Right? So we said, if Achremos is holy places, Kedoshim is about being holy people. And now we get to all of the mitzvos of Kedoshim. And we're going to list them all. As Hashem will try to move as quickly as he possibly can. Before we do, I'll just mention that when we make the Parsha breaks, right? Um, so Rav Hirsch has an incredible approach to breaking down the, the, uh, the mitzvos, right? Because we were talking about the struggle of trying to find structure in the mitzvos. Rav Hirsch does a lot of the heavy lifting for us. How does he do that? He notices these built-in um, place markers, these built-in divisions and subdivisions. Right? You have a bunch of psukim that end, Ani Hashem Elokeichem, and you have a bunch of psukim that end, Ani Hashem. So it says of Hirsch, basically, um, he says that whenever it says, Ani Hashem Elokeichem, that's a distinct group, meaning if something ends off with Ani Hashem Elokeichem, that's the end of a series. If it ends off, Ani Hashem, so that's within a series. Ani Hashem will be, there'll be subdivisions within a single series. So you'll have a bunch, you'll have a whole series of mitzvot that are going to end Ani Hashem Elokeichem. And then 
you'll have within every bracket of Ani Hashem Elokeichem, there'll be a bunch of Ani Hashems, right? There's really only one I am Hashem, it's just Hashem himself, but I'm talking about the words Ani Hashem. There'll be a few Ani Hashems, and those Ani Hashems mark subdivisions within the divisions. Okay, so if that wasn't too complicated, um, when, I, when I present to you the mitzvot now, it's going to be with that rehearsed in mind. Okay, so let's start it off. So we spoke about the meaning of Kedoshim to you. That's the first section I have here. Then we have Mora of Aim to revere your parents, and it's paired with Shabbos. Rashi talks about the connection that Mora of Aim, reverence for your parents, does not override Shabbos, doesn't override any mitzvos. Okay, fine. Section three talks about Avodas Elilim and Elohei Masecha, different forms of Avodazara that you cannot do. Fine. So, so far, these are all very broad and basic. We find all of these in some form or another on the Luchos, um, um, the, our relationship with our parents, Shabbos, not doing Avodah Zarah. These are, these, are all, these are all basics. Then we get to a set that, for some reason, if you look in the Parsha breaks, like if you look at how the Parsha is broken up, it's one set. We have Zvachim and Pigel. They're supposed to offer Karbanos and not do it in the form of Pigel, which is a disqualifying um, um, aspect of a carbon. If you have in mind the wrong time to consume the zvachim, then that, that uh, when you're slaughtering it, so that becomes pigle. It means rejected. It's a rejected offering. This is paired with matanasaniyam in a single parsha. Matanasaniyam gifts to the poor, including peya and leket from the field, or olel or peret of a vineyard. Different. So different different gifts from the field, different gifts from the vineyard. Now, why is zvachim? Piggle with Matanasaniyam in a single paragraph. So what I wanted to suggest is that these are both about the idea of sharing with others. Now, on the one hand, Zvachim is where we are going to eat some of it, but we're going to share some with Hashem, as it were. And the Matanasaniyam is sharing with the poor. So these are the minimal gifts that we can give. That's what I want to suggest is this section for Zvachim and Piggle and Matanasaniyam. Now, with section five, we move on to the societal laws. And in the societal laws, I have four subsets. So subset A, subset B, subset C, and subset D. And meaning that this whole set is sandwiched, probably, if you look in the Chumash, by Ani Hashem Elokeichem, but each subset here ends with Ani Hashem. So... In the societal laws, the sections I have are first, we have honesty and business. We'll see what mitzvahs go under that category. Then the second subset, subset B, we have what I refer to as business slash social tyranny, taking advantage of underlings. Subset C, I refer to as perversion of justice or avel b'mishpat, and it's very person-focused, as we'll explain what that means. And then in subset D, I refer to it as love of mankind. So... Well, what goes into these sets? The first set of honesty and business has the Isra of Gneva, theft, or Hakhasha, denial of money that you owe or money that you have of someone else's. Lishaker, we have lying, lying about something that you owe, or, um, right, or lying, um, and then we have Shvus Sheker, swearing falsely. All of these things, Gneva, Hakhasha, Sheker, Shvus Sheker, these all speak to the Indian of honesty and business. That's the first set of societal laws. The second set of societal laws, which I refer to as business and social tyranny and taking advantage of underlings, we have OSHEK, which is cheating in business. Now, this is obviously related to honesty and business, which is why maybe this is the first law of the second set. It connects the two sets, cheating in business. But this is a form of taking advantage of an underling because the, when you cheat in business, you can have the upper hand and no one will know about it 
and you'll be able to pull the wool over someone's eyes. So that's Oshek. Then we have Gezel. Now, why is Gezel different from Geneva? Well, we have, there's a lot of hashkaf about this. Gezel is, is outward robbery. Now, you could overpower someone, and the, the, the Gezel is really marked by the brazen, I'm coming to take your thing, whereas Geneva is, you're, you're a thief in the night. Right, the Gemara talks about how you're, you know, in Babakam, I believe that Geneva means you're afraid of man, but you're not afraid of Hashem. Whereas the Gazlan is not afraid of anybody. But the point is here that Geneva um, is really, really speaks to the honesty aspect. Whereas Gezel speaks to the brazenness. You're taking advantage of someone else because you're stronger than them, or because you have a weapon in hand. Okay, so that's Gezel. We'll, this set of business and social tyranny also has Linas Pulas Sakhir, which is a form of withholding wages, right? Um, you, know, you owe someone money who's your, your employee and you're not paying him on time. This is also, you're the boss, so this is taking advantage of your underling. We have Kilas Cheresh, cursing the deaf. So this is not a business-related Indian, but it's social, and right? And you're taking advantage of your underling because he can't hear you, he can't respond to you, but you're cursing him. Then we have Lifne Iver, which we know is not just literally sticking a stumbling block in front of a blind person, Lifne Iver, Lesitain Mechshol, but Lifne Iver is misguiding the unsuspecting. This is another form of, of taking advantage of your underlink, and it's a, it's a form of social tyranny because he, you're taking advantage of him. He doesn't know. He's unsuspecting. He's, he's, he's a, a summa bedavar. He's blind in a certain area, and you're taking full advantage of him for that, and you're, um, and you're, you're, you're getting the upper hand over him. Okay, so that's all the second subset of societal laws. We have business and social tyranny taking advantage of your underlings. Subset C, we have what I refer to as perversion of justice, Avel Mishpat. And in this section, we have Sisa Pnei favoring the poor. And we mean in, in, the, in, the, in the court of law. Sadar Pnei Gadol, we have honoring the great, meaning someone who comes from a great family, maybe someone who's wealthy. So you might favor the poor, you might favor the wealthy. Neither of them are okay. We have B'tzedek Tishpo, to judge fairly. We have Rechilos, not to gossip. Um, and the question is, what is this doing here? What is L'Selech Rachel B'yamecha doing here? Gossip in the courtroom laws? And the answer is, um, the, the, these, the truth is, these really speak to one another. right? Because person who, um, if a person has gossip to share about somebody else, and let's say it's important information and it's true, so, you know what I will tell the person who wants to speak Rechilas or Lashon Hara? What I would tell that person is, tell it to the judge. And literally, if there's a problem and you need to speak up and you think it's important, if you have another witness, then you can tell it to the judge and you can do something about it. If you don't have another witness and you're not going to say anything and you have nothing to say to the judge, then you shouldn't be saying it to anyone else. You know, there are halachos about Lashon Hara Latoelis, but the point is that you could slander someone in the courtroom, you could slander someone outside the courtroom, but the point is that everything should be done in a kosher way in the courtroom. If there's something to be said, then it should be done the right way. In the same little subsection, we have ha'adama al-dam, right? Um, oh, sorry, ha, not ha'adama, ha'amada al-dam, right? Lo sa'amad al-dam re'echa, neglecting someone in danger. And this is true in the courtroom as well. I put, this is with the courtroom laws because you could have information on someone. Someone's going to be convicted of a crime, right? In Yeran Diyama, ha'amei uh, someone could be convicted of a crime and you have information that can, that can save the person and you're going to just let them die. So that would be... Um, that, that, that would be Hamadal Dam. Right? So Rechilis, once again, is the opposite of purposeful and productive testimony. And whatever must be said should be told to the judge and not to the neighborhood. 
And in terms of losam al again, perhaps one can't, you know, the idea is that one shouldn't stand idly by if another is going to be in harm's way in the court of law. It's not enough to not be the perpetrator of the corruption, but you can't let it happen. Finally, in the fourth subsection of societal laws, we have what I referred to as love of mankind. The first one is losisna sechicha bilvavecha, you shouldn't hate your brother in your heart. Then we have hochacha, not hating him in your heart, don't let it fester, says the Ramban. We have, you should properly rebuke him if he's doing the wrong thing. Right? If you love your brother, you won't hate him, obviously. And also, um, love of another person actually means to rebuke them when they need it. Right? This is actually some of the Mepharshim in Pirkei Avos on Chaver Tov. On the words Chaver Tov, they say it means a good friend is someone who's going to tell you when you're doing the wrong thing. Then we have Losisa Alav Chet, which um, Rashi says it means don't embarrass the person when you're doing the Hochacha. The Ramban and Ashikachma have other explanations which seem to relate to the fact that you have to rebuke him, otherwise you might take um, you, you might you might um, get part of the Avera. Um, so there are different explanations of that. Fine. We have Losikom and Lositar, right? Nakama and Natira, vengeance and bearing a grudge. Rashi quotes the basic explanation of the difference that Nakama is you're doing to him what he did to you, the wrong thing that you didn't like. And Natira is you're not gonna. You're gonna bedafka not do what he did to you, and instead you're gonna be nice to him because hey, I'm not a bad guy like you. That's bearing a grudge. It's also bad. And then we have the which Rabbi Akiva tells us loving your fellow Jew. Okay, so that's all the the love of mankind subset, and that takes us through the societal laws. In the Chumash, at this point, the Chumash says, now I'm going to tell you about some of the chukim. Right, so if we're looking for structure, we got through a bunch of societal laws. We had four different subsets. Now we move over to chukim. And listen to this set. The next parsha starts off with the forbidden mixtures, the kilayim. We have kile behema, crossbreeding animals, kile zra'im, and kile akarim, crossbreeding plants. We have kile begadim, otherwise known as shotness, combining fibers. And then, before the paragraph ends, the Chumash tells us about shifcha harufa which is the isser of cohabitation with a half-free slave woman. Okay, what's that doing here? So um, I had a friend, so basically I, I suggested an answer, and then a friend of mine, um, um, Eitan Adler, a dear friend, he mentioned that my, my, what I thought was you know, my own Kiddush, he saw it dafka beferish in the Balaturim, and the Balaturim says, what, um, you know, and this is what I suggested as well, that shifcha harufa is a form of a crossbreeding. The relationship of the, with the shifcha harufa is a complicated issue that um, we don't really have the time to get into it now, but the main point is it's not really like an arayos, it's not one of the arayos, but it still is a relationship, it's a breeding, it's a, it's a crossbreed that's not supposed to take place. And for whatever reason, the Ashkafa we can't get into now, the Shifcha Harufa is a form of Kilayim, as it were. Maybe not literally, but at least thematically. Okay, fine, that's section six, the forbidden mixtures. Section seven, we have Arla and Ravai. These are restrictions on produce of the third and fourth year. And maybe we could say that this is related to the Kilayim discussion, because we have Kilayim in the fields, and we have Arla and Ravai in the fields. Okay, fine. Section 8, we, we get into a new large um, division. It's going to have three subsections. I refer to it very broadly as disgraceful practices. And in here, we have um, a lot of 
what looks like miscellaneous. We're going to do our best to, in the subsets, we're going to do our best to explain these disgraceful practices, but all of these are falling under chukim. The first one I refer to as intellectual and bodily. There are certain averes that you can do with your mind or with your body, and these are all practices that are put together. We have achila al-dam, which some understand as eating by blood, meaning it's a, meaning there, there, um, this is a, a more, the, the, Textbook Lav Shebeklalos. The um, um, so Achila Al Dam or Losochu Al Adam has a bunch of different versions of what the Isser is. The Gemara and Sanhedrin talks about it, um, and there's just too much for us to get to all of them now. So we're just gonna we're gonna keep going. Um, but we have Nichosh, which is divination. Saonein, following omens. Hashchasas um, Pas Rosh, destroying the Pais. Right, so all these things, which some so the Rambam um, says Marnevuchim are connected to Avodazara, Hashchasas Pas Zakan destroying the beard, Sarita, which is bodily mutilation or cutting in, cuts in the skin, and we have Ksoves Kaka, which is tattooing. These are all the intellectual and or bodily averos that, that you cannot do among the disgraceful practices. Then in subset B in disgraceful practices, we have Kedusha and Tahara once again. And connection to the and these are both connection to Eretz Yisrael. First of all, it talks about not having zenus, right? Lo of Yisrael. You should not have harlotry, right? And meaning this is not where the relationship between this man and this woman isn't is intrinsically the wrong kind of relationship. But it's a it's a it's a, a union out of wedlock. It's it's a, it's a kedusha, which is the opposite of kedusha, right? It's um, it's. Uh, it's something that has, it's, it has impurity in it and lack of kedusha, and then we have Shabbos and Mora Mikdash, right? As Shabbos society Shmoravas Mikdashi Tirau, guard my Shabbos and revere my Mikdash. Okay, fine. So that's all the kedusha and tahara in connection to Eretz Yisrael. Then subset C, we have a whole section called, or try refer to as communication with dead and or future seeking. We have Ov and Yidoni. Now, Ov and Yidoni is not, you would think that this would have been in, in, in subset A over here with the intellectual and bodily disgraceful practices, but apparently there's something um, fundamentally worse about Ovin Yidoni. Um, the, apparently the pursuit, it's, it's, the, the, it's not just the practice, but it's the pursuit of this information, which is, um, which is apparently beyond our purview. That's something that is, um, is wrong with Ovin Yidoni. Um, for some reason, Ovin Yidoni gets mentioned a few times in Parshish Kedoshim, um, and we don't have the time now to talk about why that is. Section number nine now, where we've, we've left the, the, the subsets and all the, the sections of disgraceful practices, and we move on to a section that I refer to as respect. And in this section called respect, we have two subsets. First, we have your elders. Respect your elders. and hadaris Right. So you stand for an elder. You honor. You honor a sage. But then we also have the respect that you're supposed to have for a convert. Subset B is the convert. We have the Isser of Ona, you cannot taunt him, right? Onas Devarim, or we, that, could be, that could be a financial, that could be a verbal, but you cannot taunt him and oppress him verbally. And then there's Viahafta Sagir, that you have to love the gear. Okay? Fine. Then section 10, it's its own section which I refer to as corrupt weights and measures. Right, um, and you would think that this would belong in the Avel Mishpat section, right? The taking advantage of your underlings, the business and social tyranny. Why isn't this there? So apparently, it's not just about cheating people, but even owning the scale is a problem. Apparently, this is more, um, you know, this is um, um, it's owner object focused. Right, we're looking at the person, um, and maybe that's why it's in the Chukim. 
right? We're, we're still in the chukim section. You might think it's a chuk. Why, why can't I own this thing, right? Let's say it, I have it as an artifact. I have it as, um, as a souvenir, right? Um, you know, there, there was a, a, a while back, um, I don't remember when this happened, but um, I heard from Rabbi Rosner that when they were doing excavations in Yerushalayim, they found dice, and they were weighted dice, you know, cheating dice. Now, it would be a whole halacha question if you're allowed to own that. Is that like having an inappropriate weight or measure? Um, is that considered a toeva to own that kind of thing? But we see the Masachic Bakuvia playing with the dice that they had back then. It was something that existed, um, um, you know, uh, even, I mean, back then. Okay, fine. Then in section 11, we have a summary section in which Hashem says, guard my mishpatim and my chukim, fine. And then number 12, we return to Molech, where we're learning about the penalties. We have the penalties of Molech, Oven Yedoni. Then section 13, we get to all of the Arayos. And in this section, we also have kill us of aim, cursing your parents. Apparently, the Arayos is not just, you know, an abomination, but it's something that also um, is, re- is relative to the family dynamic that's being hurt. We have Mishkav Behema and uh, Mishkav Zachor. And the, the, the order is actually switched, interestingly enough. The, the order, there's a slight variance between the order um, that we find in... Uh, in uh, uh, the order that we find in in Achimos, and the order that we find in Kedoshim. Um but that's an interesting aspect in its own right. And then finally, finally, at the very end of the of the parsha of Kedoshim, we have a summary section where Hashem says, "I've separated you, the lashon of Havdalah. I've separated you, and um, therefore don't copy the the chukos akum. Don't become tamei." But he, you know, the, the the end of Kedoshim says, "This is the difference between you and the nations, between holy and full, between tuma and tahara." which is putting a nice cap on everything that we've said. And then for some reason, the Chumash ends with Oven Yedoni. Again, we don't really have the time to discuss the Chumash's emphasis on Oven Yedoni, um, which are different kinds of, of necromancy, communicating with the dead, um, which are really cool subjects, but again, not for now. But Kedoshim, again, which we, what we've said is it's the spillover from Achremos about not just being sensitive to holy realities that exist, but being a holy person yourself, that you should not be able to tolerate these things. And so with Achremos and Kedoshim, we do finish a series of sorts, but with Parshas Emor, we're going to have to see what Emor does to contribute to this larger panorama that we've been presenting. But now we see that, we, you know, again, we've been restored to our former glory. We now have the opportunity to approach Hashem. And these parshios from Shmini, Tazria, Mitzorah, Achremos, Kedoshim, they all focus on doing it, B'Kedusha, B'Tahara. And also, not just, you know, not just for the Mikdash, but everywhere. Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is holy. And therefore, everywhere we are, and just like Hashem is holy, we also have to be holy as well. That's what we get from the combination of parshios. And that takes us through Achremos, Kedoshim. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful Shabbos and thank you for joining us here at the database.